0: Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast and our Catching Up With series, our short form interview format. Guest this time, IndyCar driver, veteran IndyCar driver, Charlie Kimball, Chuck, good old Charlie Murphy, as Scott Dixon and Dario Franchitti nicknamed him when he was at Chip Ganassi Racing. Charlie represents a very fascinating character for me in IndyCar someone who is well known for his prowess behind the wheel ovals in particular, someone who's had a long career also been very successful stands out among the majority of his peers, someone who has a call it career long relationship with a single sponsor, Charlie's diabetes leading to really interesting association with Novo Nordisk that has been with him every step of the way. Not just an IndyCar, but beforehand as well. Wanted to speak with Charlie here for about 20 minutes or so, talking about what this off-season has been like. Knowing that coming out of the 2018 season, full-time, everything working the way as intended with Carlin Racing, had a cutback on that sponsorship and had to go part-time in 2019. Looking at what the offseason has been like for him as a driver slash businessman someone who is in charge of finding the money to use to go racing been character building times for charlie and as he tells us there is indeed a team around him that works almost non-stop to identify new companies amplify the existing relationships with the partners who've been with him all in the name of getting back to becoming a full-time minicar driver Obviously, returning to Carlin could be an option. Rumors continue to build of good old Charlie Murphy heading to AJ Foyt Racing. We don't know where he'll end up yet. And as you'll hear at the end of the conversation, trying to delve into that gets a lot of words that turned into a nothing burger. But nonetheless, it's part of the fun. Anyways, I hope you enjoy the conversation here with Charlie. If this is your first time listening, you can find 700 plus episodes of our podcast on marshallproofpodcast.com or also every reasonable way of subscribing downloading streaming whatever it is you might enjoy is presented all right let's get going with charlie talking about his offseason efforts the business side of the sport all brought to you by cooper tires and the justice brothers
1: it's uh it's going well i would say uh, cautiously optimistic i think is, is the phrase um you know from my side one of the things beyond the business part of the program that i'm able to bring to the table and in relationships that i'm able to leverage um being able to point to the last two years while the results uh if you take it out of context, aren't fantastic. I mean, there's you look at maybe five. I think it was maybe five top tens last year, um, with a top five, and this year, you know, a couple of top tens at one at Pocono, one at Portland. They're not anything to write home about. But when you evaluate how those results came to be, and the challenges involved in the last 18, 20 months, uh, they're, I mean, I, personally, I think they're, they're very impressive with developing a new team to IndyCar and, and working with my teammate and, and this year teammates, um, and new engineers and, and bringing the benefit of my experience to bear to shorten that, learning curve as much as possible uh, is something that is definitely part of the conversation with opportunities for 2020. Um, and it, as you said, goal number one is is to be a full-time driver. And I think that's not just because that's what I want and, and this year was miserable watching other people drive the car, uh, but it also, I think with a little time and a little space and perspective at the end of the season, I've realized how much of an impact on results, not being in the car full time has, um, you know, last year we saw big progress and, and this year it, it flattened a little bit. It, it was almost kind of stagnant. And part of that from me as a driver, at least was it takes, it takes, a little bit of time to get back in the swing of things when you've been out of the car for a month
0: the the guys you're racing.
1: Yeah. Right. You know, and the guys you're racing have been in the car every weekend and they're, you know, bouncing back and forth from road courses to street circuits, to short ovals, to super speedways, to, you know, and as tight as IndyCar is, you know, being the creme de la creme, If you're, if it takes you an outing or two to refine that rhythm and that routine, you're an outing or two behind the rest of the field. And the the series, the cars is so competitive. You almost can't make that up during the course of the weekend.
0: So looking at trying to make this a brief tour, on your resume how are things going with engaging i would guess your ongoing long-term partners sponsors new sponsors and partners that's the side that separate from driving race cars putting on helmets putting on nifty new fire suits looking great waving to fans actually getting on the telephone getting on airplanes assembling business proposals Marketing decks, etc. That's the hard slog of winter. How is that going, and what is that process like for those who don't know that that's that's the underbelly? It's it's not a fun furry underbelly that loves to be petted. It's a it's a mean ugly one.
1: Uh, it's going really well, and I think a big part of that is down to the team around me. Um, you know, Kathleen has has spent a lot of her life in sales. Um, and, it, you know, while jewelry is not selling partnerships in racing, uh, she's been great at knowing how to extol my value um, and personalize my value for partners Partners that they need different things. I mean, I, I've worked with Novo Nordisk for t- 11 seasons now, I think it is, 10, 11 seasons, and being able to continue to not reinvent but refresh the value I provide them as their landscape and their business model changes and, and dynamically evolves is important. Um, but also looking at how to capitalize on new partnerships, um, on existing relationships that were maybe friendships or business contacts, and as as a business, they change, they evolve, they go from looking at not needing any marketing value, not wanting to, uh, or not seeing any value in people knowing their name, to saying, okay, our next step to grow is, we need brand recognition, and IndyCar is one of the only live sports out there with viewership growth. Mm. And, and we have a personal story with Charlie that we can leverage. Um, and at the end of the day, it's it's like a 3D puzzle that the pieces keep moving and changing um, as you're trying to put them together. I mean, it is, it is very challenging. It's also a lot of fun. Um, it's... It's a lot of up and down. Uh, Some days I think it's four steps forward, five steps back. Some days I think it's a mile forward and no backslide. And and so it's hard because on the racetrack in the race car, what what I live for, it's very quantitative.
0: Mm.
1: You can look. You get out of the car. It's it's one of it's one of the reasons why I think you know, working in racing is a little like cheating at life because you can get out of the race car, look at the timesheet and say, okay, I'm two tenths off or in this corner, I'm missing half a tenth of a second. Okay, that's how I compare. In, in this part of the business and this time of the year, you, it, it's a lot qualitative. It's a lot, oh, that sounds great you know, we're really interested. Okay, is that you're really interested? You want to write a check tomorrow? Or is that you're really interested? We just don't have the money, but we love the idea of working with
0: you. I look forward to watching your races on TV next year.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You know, that is a great proposal. Okay, is that a great proposal? Because it provides that the value to your company and that fulfills marketing goals for you. Or that's a great proposal. It looks pretty and we like race cars. It's – and being the son of an engineer, I've always been very quantitative. It's hard for me – like I had an English teacher in high school, um, and I will never forget this. And it's one of the reasons why I excelled at math and struggled in English class was he said in math, one plus one equals two. In English – we evaluate how the equal sign feels about being between the two and the two ones. <laughs> how the two ones feel about being the same. And if the plus sign feels like, while he has the same number of hashes as the equal, he doesn't get to be the mediator, how does, how does that relate? You know, it, it, so it, it's, it's harder to look at and say, this is progress, look at and say, this is a result. Until you put all those moving, evolving pieces together and are able to make an announcement or able to talk about a partnership or, you know, finally put pen to paper on partnership agreements, on ambassador deals, on driving contracts, on, you know, X, Y, and Z contracts. Um, and, And so it's tough. But it's also kind of a fun, different challenge than I get from March to September.
0: Take this in an additional direction, Charlie. So the normal process you have been in and other drivers have been in in the IndyCar series recent years has been selling yourself. I am the commodity and product to get behind. There's all kinds of things that are attached to me, the team, the car, engine manufacturer, tire, there's TV ratings, there's all kinds of things that present value, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Tell me about this possible shift, if you've seen or felt anything over the last week, week and a half, in that we now have a titan of industry in Roger Penske owning the two big properties that mean so much to us. And if and how you've seen, provided you've had any interactions with current sponsors or potential sponsors, of how the insertion of the Penske Corporation, a $32 billion a year entity, being the, <clears throat> the new underpinnings of what we're doing, have you felt any reaction to that? And if not, do you have any just thoughts on how that might, <clears throat> excuse me, change folks' perception to the value? You are presenting to them.
1: Well, I think it's it's way too early. <laughs> um, like the sa- the sale's not even final yet. I mean, it's got to clear a few hurdles, and and I I don't expect it to not clear those. Let's let's be honest and clear about that. But at the same time, I think there's no reason. It's not like IndyCar, IMS, IMSP; those those entities that the golf course are headed into chapter 11 i mean there, that's not there doesn't need to be any rash decisions from from roger from his team from his organization um i think one of the reasons he was so interested in purchasing it is because he he sees the future potential um and i don't think there's any way he or anybody should, within the industry should expect that potential to be reached within a week or a month or a year or even three to five years. I'm sure he has short term plans that are three to six months down the line. Things he'd like to have in place for say the, the, you know, month of May, 2020 through next season of racing and beyond, um, But I think it's early. And in talking to partners and and talking to um, teams as well, there's excitement and enthusiasm about it. But everyone's saying, well, it's great. But it's still early for everybody to be thinking about what that means. Um, And I think the other thing I was going to point out when you talked about the 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 sort of level uh, or the the business relationship that i bring to the table and and other drivers when in the paddock i think we're all all drivers are selling themselves and or have those business relationships that our ambassador roles at whatever level i mean i think you know scott dixon isn't out developing partnerships um, because his experience, his record-setting wins and polls and championships speak for themselves. And I think one of the things that teams look at, uh, especially longer, longer, more successful teams, is the combination of the commercial package that they have in-house and the commercial package plus the experience, results, history – that a driver can bring. Um, I think it's one of the reasons why the road to Indy is, is so great because when a rookie is largely untested with an IndyCar car, they providing that commercial support for year one helps bridge that experience gap. Um, you know, and, and in that, I mean, I think if I don't think you get any argument from any team or any driver that the 500 is probably the biggest event on our calendar it, i mean biggest prize money biggest tv numbers biggest i mean it's the largest one day attended sporting event in the world sure. so you can't you can't overlook that and being able to point to consistent results at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway um, I think really helps drive positive dialogues both with partners because they get value out of that, and also with teams because it's important to them. I think a lot of people looked at last year when I was the the only Carlin car within in the five hundred, and I mean a couple of people said it to me and they said, "Oh yeah, well we just sort of expected you to qualify." And it's like that that shouldn't just because of my history. And the expectation that I would do a good enough job to make the race, I don't think that should overlook the value that provided for my partners and the team.
0: There you go. (laughs) That's a great point. Let's close on this, Charlie. So knowing that your career has spanned two teams so far, I believe, unless I'm forgetting a third.
1: Nope. Not two, two IndyCar teams. Yep.
0: What are your leanings, thoughts, prognostications, and otherwise? As you look to next season, do you think Carlin is the, the strongest suitor and or place for you to return? Are you thinking of yourself as a, quote, free agent, uh, evaluating the market? What's, what's the approach in hopefully uh, bringing these corporate partners and good pals with you? to get back in the series as full-time as possible, if not completely full-time?
1: Well, I think it's it's hard to say because there are ongoing conversations, um, and a lot of those conversations and the, the dialogue between partners and team opportunities um, are always sensitive uh, from both sides. But at the same time, this offseason has had a lot of dominoes and a lot of disruption. Um, And I think within that sphere and and looking at that, looking at the off season and looking at the quote unquote silly season through those optics, it, it creates opportunities. It creates opportunities for teams to reinvent themselves. It creates opportunities for drivers to, restart or reinvent or reevaluate their options and their careers. Um, And, you know, Domino started falling at mid Ohio. I think Rossi was probably the biggest Domino. And then with Joseph winning the championship and with McLaren and, and, you know, McLaren Schmidt or arrow McLaren SP, I guess. Sorry. Um, Spam with, well, I, I, I read Miller's mailbag, and and McLaren has asked them to stop using that moniker. So I'm.
0: They didn't ask was, you though, just, or me. So we're good. We get the pass. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> um,
1: and and evaluating how many years some of the veteran drivers in the series are going to continue to drive. I mean, Tony's not young. Takuma's not young. Even Ryan Hunter-Reay and Dixon and Power. You know, Ed. There's, there are, there's kind of a band of drivers that are in their late 30s to early mid 40s, even, um, and what that looks like for the landscape in 2020, but also beyond. Um, and having conversations with my partners about their prospectus for 2020 and beyond, um, because while I'd love to be, uh, <laughs> while I've had so much fun being on this roundabout of putting deals together and, and trying to get back in the car full-time, putting something together that has longevity and the ability to grow beyond beyond tomorrow, beyond next week, beyond next year, is, is something that I'm looking at as well. Um, I think any successful business will only compete if they have a short, medium, and long-term plan. Um, and that's part of what I'm trying to do and my team and I are trying to do as we evaluate options moving forward. So that was, I, I talked a lot there. And there's a lot of I words there. A whole lot.
0: Yeah. yeah. That, that um, was, And that was
1: largely intentional, Marshall.
0: Well, if there's one thing readers and listeners love, it's lots of words that don't answer the question.